Peter Apple. It is April 6th. I was going to say Eve, but not quite yet because it's the morning when most of the people are listening to it. But we have opening day 24 hours away, maybe less for those listening. Peter, how jacked up are you right now? I use this metaphor on not gambling advice. You know what it feels like? It's the morning. You're waking up, right? You smell the bacon. And we're in that 30 minute period of the shower and getting dressed before you go downstairs and you get to first bite into that glorious piece of bacon. And that's how I feel right now. I'm inches away from gorgeousness. Well, we're gonna be talking about a lot of gorgeousness right now on the Just Baseball Show. We've got a trade, another last minute trade, Austin Meadows. We're gonna talk about his deal over to Detroit. We're gonna talk about Johnny Cueto, who I think was a little bit overlooked. Like I'm not saying he's gonna be peak Johnny Cueto, but that's an arm that helps the White Sox a little bit. It's interesting there. Uh, better than Vince Velasquez, as we were just making fun of them for. And then, of course, the nutshell of this episode is the NL over under win totals, which I'm very excited to do because American League it, for the previous episode was a blast. Uh, I want to start with the Meadows trade because we knew that Meadows was probably going to get dealt. It was Meadows or Kiermaier, one of those two guys. Financially, it's just a typical Rays way. But Meadows is a good hitter. I, I think he's a, a popular name because he was part of that very big deal. He was really good at 24 years old. I'm not trying to slide him as a player. I think he's going to be really good for the Tigers. But the Rays, they just fill in Josh Lowe now, a guy that I just gave out as uh, my card investment. Um, for those that are watching on YouTube right now, I have the card right here. I bought this over at, at Culture Collision at the card show, my Josh Lowe, Bowman Cromato, like, I was speculating this. I got nervous that it might not happen. And uh, I guess let's start from the Tigers side, Peter. What do you think of the deal? The deal, Austin Meadows over to the Tigers for Isaac Paredes is going back to the Rays and a draft pick as well. Mm -hmm. For the Tigers, they get an immediate boost on offense. Austin Meadows is a guy whose bat has played since he came up and continues to play. The only problem with Austin Meadows is the defense. But I think when you look at the Detroit Tigers Outfield right now with Riley Green not slated to start the year, although he should have, but he's now down with an injury. They need another outfielder, and they need another outfielder with pop, and that's exactly what Meadows gives to them. And they didn't really give up a whole lot. They gave up a draft pick and Isaac Paredes, who's a bench bat for the Tigers last year. So the Tigers immediately upgraded. But it's better for the Rays. Not only is it better for the Rays, like the, the physical trade is better for the Tigers. But what the Rays get is a younger, better version of Austin Meadows, a guy who can play the field and is going to provide the same amount of pop as Meadows did. Plus, they get the bench bat and they get the draft pick. So it's a win-win 
the trade, you'd say that the Tigers did better if we're just looking at the trade, but who's going to be set up better down the line? Why did they do the deal in the first place? Because the Rays are smarter than us, Arm. They're just smarter than us, and they have Josh Lowe, and I'm going to throw that over to you because he's – I mean, just why is he so freaking exciting? Yeah, dude, Lowe Lowe is awesome because he was was a guy that always had the speed and, like, the projectable frame, and it's like, oh, we're always talking about prospects. If he does this, he'll be good. It's always if this, then this. He did the if part, right? He he filled out a little bit more. He got his lower half involved, and now he's able to hit 20-plus home runs. But at 6'4", dude, like, he can move. 26 to 26 on stolen bases. He's going to play a corner. He'll be a plus defender there. He can play center if you need him to. Like, you go from a DH type to a guy that can play, you know, all over, all three outfield spots. That's a huge boost, and not to mention the speed that he gives their lineup. Paredes, I, I – Thought he was a fringe top 100 prospect before. He was really good in AAA last year, struggled in the big leagues. I, that's a good depth and field piece. And then the Rays do great things with the picks. And if you're wondering, like, wait, what do you mean they traded a draft pick? You can trade compensation picks, and it's a compensation B pick, which means it would be in the 60 to 70 range, I believe, uh, that pick would be. So it's valuable. I'd say it's about like a equivalent of a 12 to 16th ranked prospect in an average farm system. So it's it's a little bit of a meager return. And I think it's just because that's really what Austin Meadows market was, Peter. I mean, he's a DH at the end of the day. He struggles against lefties a little bit. At the end of the day, like his value was not as high, I think, than everybody thought. And the Rays ultimately said, all right, let's just take the draft pick and let's get a nice depth infielder and, and call it a day and open up the, the floodgates for Josh Lowe, who I think all of a sudden now is not a bad dark horse for rookie of the year at all. Not at all. My only thing with the trade was, I was a little surprised that that's all that went yes. back for Austin Meadows. Absolutely. I really was surprised because you couldn't get more for a guy who could hit you 30 home runs as a guy who's hit 270 before, could have an OPS over 800, could be a valuable bat, lefty bat, hits right-handed pitching, but yet it only garnered a young bench bat who could be a starter one day and then a second-round draft pick, basically a second-round draft pick. Yeah. It's, it's pretty interesting. And, and to wrap up, the numbers on low, 291, 381, 535 slash line in a full season of AAA ball last year, 22 home runs, 26 for 26 on stolen bases. You might look at the K rate and be like, oh, he swings and misses a little bit. And what if that goes up in the big leagues? He has always stayed steady at 25%, offsets it with walks. I, I think this guy's going to be a dude. Riley Green struck out more, and we're not as all nervous at all. So, no, no, I, no. I'm not that nervous when you're just that good of a player and like you come into some swing and miss. Sometimes you're trying to do so much. Sometimes that's just a part of your game. We have plenty of players in baseball right now that strike out 25% or more and are freaking unbelievable and some of the best players in the sport. So, I'm not as concerned with that as maybe some other people would when you just read it off the off the of finger. course and especially both guys are great athletes too so mm-hmm. so i love that uh johnny cueto peter johnny Talk cueto, about a great athlete not he once was maybe not not anymore he used to have that nice little twist and hang the knee up and he does that uh, still you know, he was doing that for the giants last year he does still do that it's not still. it's not as flexible of a twist i know <laughs> he used to be like the, the full like luis tiant twist but he'll still give you the little shimmy and you know what dude he was good on the Giants last year when he was healthy. 114 innings, 4.08 ERA, a 4.05 FIP. Uh, I mean, given what we were just talking about with the White Sox, Pete, this helps them a lot with rotational depth. 
it helps them a lot, but not that much. Yeah. Like, I think Cueto will be solid. Like there's a reason he threw a hundred, uh, a, a little bit North of a hundred plus innings. He's a better, but what it is better than is Dallas Keuchel. Exactly. Better than Vince Velasquez. Exactly. But that's the problem now with the White Sox is it's not like you just traded for Frankie Montas from the A's. Mm-hmm. You didn't get Sean Maniam. Now he's a Padre like that for starting pitching depth is much better than just another veteran who can give you some innings. Like Johnny Cueto is clearly past his prime and he's coming from a giants team who can ring out every single, every droplet of juice left in Johnny Cueto. I'm afraid that they ringed him dry. And that next year for the white Sox, he'll be okay. He'll be serviceable, but though I'm still nervous about the white Sox. but we just did um, our world series favorites and our betting picks, of course, on not gambling advice. And the white Sox were my stay away for a world series team because they're sixth in odds. I don't think they have the sixth best chance of winning the world series as currently constructed. No, I, I think it's totally fair. And everything you say is also fair. What I like is that at least it's an upgrade that every two out of five days right now, you are not like, oh shit, this guy is pitching. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, you know, waking up like, yeah, it's Johnny Cueto day, but I'm not, I'm not like, oh my gosh, I'm fading them to oblivion. Like, oh my God, it's Vince Velasquez day. Exactly. AKA, let's go to the bank and collect our free money. Same with Arietta. Like that's yeah. what it was. So that, that's not where Cueto's at. I am worried that now at 36 years old, he just turned a month ago, 36 years old. You know, let's see if he can even replicate what he did last year, but it's a one year, $4.2 million deal. And at, at the end of the day, low risk, plenty of reward. I think it's just very good to get Keiko and or Velasquez less starts. I'd rather give them to Cueto. And I think that helps them there. But I, I agree, Peter, if they really want to be world series contenders, they got to go get a legitimate starting pitcher. Yeah, like I'm holding them to a really high standard, right? Like I still think they're a top 10 team. We had them in our power rankings when we did our top 10. They're still a great team. I'm just, if you want to win a World Series, and I know everybody on the South Side does, I don't think you're right there yet. And I don't think Cueto puts them over the top at all. No, and here's the thing with the White Sox is, it's World Series or bust, really. I, right. I think, you know, the Yankees are the same thing. The Dodgers are the same thing. You could say it for a lot of other teams, too. I'm just not going to go through all of them. But there's there's a handful of teams in this league at where they're at in, in their development and, and with their organization and the moves that they've made preceding this season. It's World Series or bust. And I think right. the White Sox are in that boat. That doesn't mean they have to make the move now, but they do need to go get another pitcher unless Johnny Cueto decides to turn back the clock to, to 32 years old, which – I don't think either of us are going to be holding our breath for that one. I will not be holding my breath. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> yeah. I don't, I didn't want to speak on behalf of you, but I felt pretty confident about yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. You, you could, if you wanted to there. <laughs> yeah. I, I could basically read your mind on that one. It, sometimes when we're doing these podcasts, we can like read each other's minds or send each other signals. And that's exactly what these big league teams want to do with pitch comp. You and I have both been like, ah, dude, I don't know. Like, I don't really care enough to, to dive into it and like have a strong opinion because it doesn't really impact much but here's my take and then I'm, I'm interested to see what, what you think uh, as a Yankees fan and all that you have to hear about oh, Cashman saying this about cheating and the Astros that and blah 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 I, on behalf of you if I'm talking about reading minds I would just be happy for any solution that is just not hearing about sign stealing anymore and two they're saying that it will kind of potentially expedite the game, right? You're not having all these shakeoffs and you're not having this, this just back and forth and timeout. Let's go over the signs again. 
Like that is always the worst man on second base timeout. Let's go over the signs again. Like that might be all eliminated. So speeding up the game, I see it from that lens. Is there really a downside? There's no downside. There's no downside here. It's only upside, but it's not a ton of upside either. What we really just get to throw out the window are the sign stealing scandals that continue to ruin our sport with the Houston Astros. And then of course it happened with the Astros and that's one thing. And I haven't really, I remember when it first came up that news broke and we talked about it initially on the just baseball show. And I was kind of like, yeah, whatever Cashman, whatever you want to say, I didn't read a ton into it. I then read the piece about what he said on the athletic Cashman. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck? Are you saying? I was so worried. I had no idea where you were going with that. I didn't know if you were going to go like, he didn't really say anything. I had no idea. Dude, you are just complaining. Like win a championship. You are complaining, but you got to go read the whole piece in the athletic to find out what Cashman said about the whole sign stealing scandal. But I'm just glad now that we get to put that all behind us. There is this new technology that will prohibit that from happening. And now I just get to get rid of it throughout my life. So yeah. it's more a me selfish thing that I don't know. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's it's... where I'm at too. I mean, if the players don't like it, the players don't like it. I could see Max Scherzer being like, fuck this. But for the most part, I, I think that's really the only drawback. What I saw was, was that a lot of writers, I, I believe John Heyman uh, was saying this as well, that I think Ken Rosenthal was, was the one that said this verbatim, but paranoia is what's going to push all 30 teams to doing it. And, and I think that that's the very interesting thing is teams are really that the league wide paranoia of sign stealing kind of tells me that. Yeah. You this know was, why this, this was beyond just the couple teams we've heard this talked about, right? Like, let's be real. It's one of those things where it's like, if I'm afraid of you doing something, it's probably because it's already crossed my mind of doing it. Right. Like that's what we're seeing in baseball is these teams are worried about it. Everyone's worried about each other because they all know they're capable of doing the same thing. And Ultimately, I think that's why Pitchcom is going to take over the game. And that's fine. It won't really adjust anything for fans in any way. Why do you think the Yankees don't want that letter released? I mean, because of course they were probably doing it at some point. Probably the Red Sox were doing it too. Probably the Rays were doing it. I could see the Blue Jays doing it and probably the Orioles were doing it. And that goes the same in every single division. Everybody's doing it. And we know everybody's doing it. And that's why the Astros came out and they said it was like, where we were the ones who got caught, but I guess we're not going to snitch on people, but look around the landscape. And, but I'm still going to hold my illogical anger towards the Astros because it's fun. But I know, but now knowing more about the situation, it's clear that you can't really blame the Astros, but it's still fun. I think they were the most egregious. They were the most egregious with it for sure. They were the most egregious. I mean, Carlos Beltran even says, he was like, well, was I supposed to stop it? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, you were supposed to fucking stop it. Yeah. Uh, He, he, he was, he was funny, man. And then like accidentally makes it insinuates that Aaron judge is getting extended and then walks it back. But which by the way, everyone's like, Oh my gosh, judge, he's getting extended, bro. I I know. And I know I'm going to sound like, like I'm beating a dead horse here because we said the same thing with Freddie Freeman, but I'm sorry. The Yankees are not letting Aaron judge walk. There's no way. There's no freaking way. There's no way, Peter. Think about this. If you're the Yankees right now, you have an amazing 2017. You have a couple years where he's dealing with injuries, and he's right back to being a top 10 player. He's going to be 30 years old. He's going to be 31 next year. So you're signing him. 
for seven years, 210 million probably, or six for 180. You're paying him a lot of money. A big lumbering outfielder who's already dealt with injury concerns before, moving into his 30s, you're going to pay him $30 million a year. I think the Yankees are taking a strong look and want to see if he is really a top 10 player. Like he could win the MVP and then it's still going to be expensive. It's still probably going to be $30 million anyway. But I think Aaron Judge can only lose dollars for himself during this season. I really do. And that's not to say that I don't think they should sign and extend Aaron Judge. That's not it at all. I said that they should extend Aaron Judge. I wrote an article about it on JustBaseball.com. I'm just, I'm trying to get in the mind of the Yankees. And I think that's what they're doing. They're like, okay, prove it. And then we'll sign you in the offseason if you prove it again. Well, I mean, look, I mean, how many of these seven-year deals work out? A lot of them don't. A lot of them don't. And, and Judge's history kind of kind of speaks for itself. He does have the DH to, to fall back on where he'll, he will be productive, I think, for a long time. Uh, but ultimately, I think the Yankees find a way. I don't know if it's seven years, though. I agree. I think I think they're going to have to go higher annual value and, and go five years. It's going to be very interesting to see how Judge the Yankees take five years. No, no. And, and so it's going to be really interesting to see how how they approach it. He might go with another like one and one, and then go again like on a crazy AAV. We're seeing what if he Correa's this kind of thing, but then he's at thirty four. Like there's there's so much that goes into it. It's going to be really interesting to see how the Yankees approach it. But they can't let Judge walk. To me, that's he's he's one of the next. Um, jerseys that you're retiring. I, I I really think so. I think that's the goal here. You said it yourself, dude. The Braves let Freddie Freeman go. This is a business. I know. This is a business. If his war numbers don't match up to the dollar amount, they're letting yeah. him go. Like I, at the I, end I, of the day, he's been with the team for a couple of years. This is not a guy who debuted at 21 years old and has been with the team now for nine seasons or something like that. This is a guy who came up late in his at least – major league age career. I don't know how to say that correctly. He's 24, 25 year old when he came up and he's played a couple of seasons and now he's due to reach agency. He's an amazing dude. And he's so loved throughout New York and he makes so much sense for New York, but who's to say Anthony Volpe is not a better all around player when it's all said and done, like things happen. It's business and, and business is business. I'm with you. It'll be very, very interesting to follow um, and, and see how they approach that. But you talk about Freddie Freeman departing. And the Braves are still pegged at a 91 and a half over under uh, for their win total. Good spin zone. Yeah. You know, how about those? I, it's been a while since I've hosted and I've just been, I've been itching for these, for these just uh, segues into new conversations. The only problem was when we do it, whenever we have a really good transition, like if Jack does or I do, or you do, we always like, Oh, great transition. Nice we'll transition. About the transition just, instead just, of actually using it. Totally ruined the transition. Absolutely. Like, Ooh, that was a good, and then the shitty great transition. Job. We're like, Oh, let's not embarrass him. Like, yeah. let's, let's, let's just let that one go. <laughs> it never fails, but 91 and a half games, Peter, this is a good ass division. And I, we're, we're going to talk about it because I mean, the, from top to bottom, we're going to go through all these teams. They still, from a baseball standpoint, they got better, I think. Right. Like we could talk about all the moves they've made. You can go through some of the ones that really stand out. Obviously, getting Matt Olson. Uh, I think Matt Olson can easily be more productive and, and a higher F war guy next season at first base. You can't really quantify that in, in the clubhouse. And I think losing Freddie Freeman definitely really, really hurts. But you've got guys like Austin Riley making the next step. You've got Ozzy Albies, all these players just hitting their prime. Acuna back after missing half the season. And 
I mean, they're pitching, man. It's it's still just about the same. Friend of the show, Tucker Davidson, could slide into that rotation and give them a nice boost in the back end. Waskari Noah was hurt all year. And then, oh, yeah, they signed Kenley Jansen. I'm sure there's a few other pieces I'm missing. What really makes you feel strongly one way or another about this team, and what's your take on the over-under? So I, I spoke about this on the AL episode that what I like to do is I like to give them a win total, in my opinion, not look any, at any projections or anything, just what I think they're going to do next year. Then I look at the projections. Then I look at the line to kind of gauge where I'm at compared to the line. And the problem is with the Braves, similar to when I talked about the Rangers, how I pegged them at 74, they were at 74 and a half. I pegged the Braves at 92 wins. And right now they're at 91 and a half. Damn. So again, I think that Vegas doesn't has help. this line pretty <laughs> squared away. Remember, this Braves team won the World Series, but in the regular season, they won 88 games. But for that regular season, they lost Acuna for what was it? July, they August, 41, September. They were 41 and 41 or something like that. So basically half the season, they didn't have Ronald Acuna Jr., their best player and a potential MVP candidate. The only problem is Ronald Acuna Jr. will start the season on the IL. It's only going to be a 10-day thing. He should be totally fine. He's going to work his way back into DH, and then eventually he'll be back in the outfield. I have a slight over, a slight over in the regular season, but this team is built for the playoffs. You talked about the... You talked about the rotation. You talked about the bullpen and the offense. Once it gets hot, they roll like nobody's business. It's a soft over. It's not an over I'm going to be betting on, but I am over. And I do have this team as the second best team in all of baseball besides the Dodgers, the second best team, just because a win total, I'm not giving them 98 wins in the regular season. Doesn't mean that I don't think that they're the second best team in baseball. I, that very important point that you make there, Peter, because I, I see some people commenting like, oh, this team was two games away from the World Series. This team was so good in the playoffs last year. How could you take their under? Uh, it's because the regular season, the playoffs are different. Totally. We're not saying if we take let's say we took Braves under hypothetically. Under could be 89 wins, make the playoffs, and I still think they could win the World Series. They won 88 and won the World Series. Exactly. Exactly. So it, it, just because – we are not taking their over on a 162 game marathon. Doesn't mean that we don't think they're built to win a world series. I like the over though, too. I'm not putting a penny on it yeah. uh, because it's just too high. And, it. They might and win 91 games or 92. Like it might be right in the middle there. It's going to come down to a meaningless October 3rd game where they rest everybody or something. And, and <laughs> you're going to be sweating it out. And it's going to be stupid. Um, it's the same team relatively. These guys are, are, are pros at the end of the day. I know losing Freeman sucks, but I can promise you that the core of Albies, Riley, and, and Duvall now, who was there before and came back, Swanson, Darno, Freed, like these guys have been together. Ian Anderson, even like they've been together for a while now. I, I don't think that they're going to be just shaken by it. Like I think it was tough. They got through it and now they're going to come around to it. It's not like Matt Olson is some uh, clubhouse cancer or something like that. By all accounts, Matt Olson seems like an awesome guy. Yeah, and I yeah. think he'll fit right in. And he's a local. So like, it's, it's going to be just fine for the Braves slide over, but I don't think either of us are confident. Any final thoughts before we move on to the Mets? No final thoughts there. My only final thought is don't take this as we don't love the Braves. We think they're the second best team in the sport. Yes. It's just, this division is tough. And partly because uncle Steve Paid a lot of money, 
a lot, a lot of money this offseason. We've talked about it time and time again. I don't even think we need to go through all the moves they made. Everyone knows it. We've talked about it so many times. But the win total at 88 and a half, that was updated right after after DeGrom's injury. Yeah, uh, where, what was it before? What was 90 it 90 and a half. 90 and a half. So it is an opportunity if you are extremely bullish on the Mets to be able to go and, and, and bet on them here because we've seen some pitchers come out and say stress reactions are not that big of a deal for pitchers in a, in this instance, maybe not, but this is like the fifth injury in, in, in five months of baseball for, for DeGrom. It's getting a little bit concerning. Scherzer's not a spring chicken either. And I mean, this team's really good, but it's a lot of new guys being pieced together here. And it's, it's a tough league here and a tough division. How are we feeling? My problem is, and I, I, this is now the second time in a row. I promise this shouldn't happen for the rest of the picks. But I had the Mets at 89 wins. <laughs> so where do I go from here? I would lean a smidge over, but you could also say under, and I would have no problem with that. I'll argue both sides for you. Over 89 and a half wins. DeGrom stays healthy after he comes back from his injury. Dominates. Max Scherzer puts up a Cy Young type season. Chris Bassett is the same Chris Bassett that we've expected. And then the depth pieces in Taiwan Walker and, and all those guys are good enough to get them through innings. Taiwan Walker can be great at times. I, I don't mean to disrespect Taiwan Walker, call him a yes. back end guy and loop him in with the, with the Tyler McGill's who's also not terrible or the David Peterson's. I don't mean to loop in Taiwan Walker and Tyler McGill with David Peterson is basically what I'm trying to say. They dominate the offense. Pete Alonso hits 50 home runs. Francisco Lindor bounces back. This team could realistically win 100 games in that scenario. If yep. everything goes right, this is a 100-win team. But what also could happen is the 77 wins of last year. Lindor <laughs> doesn't bounce back. Pete Alonso doesn't hit 50 home runs. Can still be great. Doesn't hit 50 home runs. DeGrom is hurt for most of the year. Scherzer doesn't look like the same guy. Still is great, but is not the same guy. Maybe Chris Bassett might go down with an injury. The bullpen never figures it out. So the margin of error for the New York Mets is of epic New York Met proportions. If they were a prospect, oh. I would say like they have a wide range of outcomes, right? Like if they were a prospect, I'd be like high risk, high upside. Like they're almost Jason Dominguez-esque, but they've obviously showed more because you yeah. have – you have DeGrom and you have these guys, but like Scherzer at 38, which is what he's going to be by midseason. I mean, if that's the guy that's carrying your rotation, he's still Max freaking Scherzer, but it's a little bit scary. What is Cookie Carrasco going to look like? Uh, is McNeil even going to bounce back? Is Mark Canna going to be healthy because he was a little bit shaky last year? There's a lot of questions around this team. Uh, I still really like them as constructed. And, and here's the thing is when we're looking at the Mets, Peter, if they get off to a bad start, like, let's say it's a slow start. You really think they're going to mail it in? They might say, Steve Cohen might say, see you, Brett Beatty. And they might go trade for Frankie Montes immediately. Like, I, I, like, they could do anything. But my biggest thing with the Mets is they won't let the season get away from them. And if things do go bad, I think they're going to make it happen. If, if they are on the edge, I think they're going to push the chips forward. So for that reason, I'm taking over. But... I don't feel great about it either, to be honest. Think about this. What do you think is more likely to happen for the New York Mets? Because if we're talking from a gambling perspective, you want to take the more likely scenario. 
And the more likely scenario, unfortunately, and don't kill me, Mets fans, is that you don't rise to the occasion and you become this elite team. All right. Thank you. Thank you. You know what I'm saying? I, that's what I really wanted to 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 try to to say, but I'm I'm the uh, Mets hater TM, and I've um, been the Mets truther. So like I'm the guy. Come on now, I've been on the Mets. I still believe in the Mets, but if you make me put my hard earned money on something, I'm gonna be a little bit more honest. Yeah. And what have the Mets done since 1986? <laughs> Is yeah. they've been the New York Mets. They lost so if to maybe you told me to gamble on their over. I will not be doing so, but that oh. does not mean I don't believe in this team. I said it on not gambling advice. This is the best team that they have had since 2015 when they went to the world series. Yep. So I believe in them, but not enough to put my money on it, which is a very yeah. interesting distinction. Yeah. So are we taking under? Like I'm trying really hard to talk myself into the over, but the gambling pick should be the under because you know the public's on the over. You know it's a New York market. You know it's always a bigger line. The smarter play is always the under there. Because I haven't pegged, I haven't pegged personally 87, 88. Like that's that's kind of what I'm thinking too. I'm I because of the next team, Peter. I'm going to agree with you on the under because See, I'm I'm going to make my team, Phillies. Case. I don't even know if I'm fully on board what for the Phillies that's why I want you to make the case to me because I'm so in between here and my projection was lower than their win projection the the Peter projection the The Peter projection okay yeah so let me make my case real quick because you I was teetering right on the edge and you you pretty much sold me on on the Mets not hitting the over the Phillies are going to be, like I said before, a beer league softball team. Uh, and they leaned into that, but they leaned into that now with what I think could be one of the most electric offenses in baseball. Um, Kyle Schwarber, JT Realmuto, Bryce Harper, Nick Cassianos, Reese Hoskins, Gene Segura, and then Bryson Stott, DD Gregorius slash Alec Bohm and Matt Veerling, who was actually good last year. And then Mickey Moniak all of a sudden is swinging at the spring, not going to hold my breath, but he was swinging at the spring. And then, Here's my case on the Phillies. So we know the offense is going to be incredible. I'm really excited about what Bryson Stott brings to them in terms of the defensive side of things too. Um, and you aren't, you know, I gave him out for rookie of the year, but I think they're pitching. I think people are too hard on it. I think that their pitching is darn solid. Zach Wheeler. Would you say it's fair to call him a top 10 starting pitcher in the game? Absolutely fair. Okay, to thank say. you. Cool. Top 10 starting pitcher in the game and Zach Wheeler, Aaron Nola, like we could we could spend a whole podcast on on him and how far apart his expected stats and his FIP yes we have his FIP is versus ERA. There's, you and I can agree on some. He will be better this year. Agreed. And better would mean a, a potentially very solid number two, and we know he can be better than that. Wait, will he be better? Like, will his ERA be a lot better? I don't know if his ERA will still be that much better. I think he will give them a better chance to win ball games every fifth day than he did last year. That's fair. Right. Ranger Suarez. (laughs) He's good as hell. Are we sold on Ranger Suarez? I'm more sold than not sold. I liked what I saw last year. One, three, six ERA, 106 innings. I was one of, I bet on his second start because I watched his first start and I'm like, they're underdogs and it hit. And I was like, I like you for the rest of the time. 
you know who he's a lot like, right? Like friend of the podcast, Nestor Cortez. They both are 91 mile an hour fastballs that are invisible and just you swing through them. Nasty change up as well. I think Suarez is more than a fine three. Where it gets interesting, Kyle Gibson, it was a tale of two halves. He was not good after the trade, but like, are you pissed with Kyle Gibson as your four? No. Okay. So, so far you're on the same page as me. And then your five is Zach Eflin, which Zach Eflin, again, as my five, not really losing sleep over it. He was a 417 ERA guy, 368 FIP, uh, doesn't walk anybody, pounds a strike zone. That's your five. Like that rotation's fine. And we just mentioned they have the best, one of the best lineups in baseball. Their defense is going to stink, but they have a great defensive catcher and they can rake. And they have now have a more young dynamic guy that they're sprinkling in here with Bryson Stott. They went out and got some guys for their bullpen as well. Corey Knable, Jury's Familia, uh, Brad Hand can't hurt. Uh, like 85 isn't that many games. 85 and a half is, means you have to win 86 games. So here's why I'm going under. I pegged them at 83 games. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe we can talk about it more and maybe we, we can come to a conclusion on the over because this Phillies team could win 88 to 90 games. This mm-hmm. Phillies team could win 88 to 90 games. But you know what I see when I look at their, ro- their roster arm? Wow. I see if Zach Wheeler goes down, and he's already dealing with shoulder stuff. If he goes down, this team's screwed. Yeah, they are in trouble. You said their defense stinks. They could have the worst defense of all time. (laughs) Of all time. And then they don't have a good bullpen. They didn't do enough. They did add, which when we talked about the episode, I did like it, but they didn't do enough to give me confidence in their bullpen. They will not win one-run games. They won't. They will not win one run games. We talked about that with the Rangers. The Phillies are better than the Rangers, but the Rangers will not win one run games. So the Phillies in a division with the Mets and the Braves and the Marlins have great pitching. So at least they're going to get a couple wins against the Phillies because sometimes that offense is. And for whatever reason, they own the Phillies. I have no idea why. And, but what also I see with the Phillies is an offense that, resembles those Yankee offenses that got me really pissed off that they're so one dimensional. Yeah. And that I feel like once when they're rolling, like the Phillies are going to go on a 10 game win streak this year. Kind of, you said the Rangers are going to go on a 12 game losing streak. (laughs) They're going to go on a 10 game win streak, but they're also going to have losing streaks. This is going to be a polarizing team all year. So that's why I would never bet on their over. I would never bet on their over. I wouldn't be shocked if they went over another team with a wide range of outcomes, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. But you, you couldn't pay me to bet. Well, you could pay you me. You could because house is money. <laughs> but I, I would lean under. But it's not. It's not that. It's this is a gambling sense, right? This is my gambling brain talking. Too much polarization for me to bet on an over. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I think. Oh yeah, they'll be below eighty-five games. Like they could easily win eighty-five. I haven't pegged at eighty-three. So, so I, I, I definitely understand the the lineup uh point in terms of the some of the swing and miss though honestly what really hit home with me the most from what you just said there was the rotation in terms of if zach wheeler who has been an innings eater over the last couple years but 
has a long injury history and now has some shoulder issues. If Zach Wheeler gets hurt, who is stepping in? Who who is going to be that guy that like that, Nola's great, but there there's just there's it's clear that Nola could have a four two ERA and a two eight FIP, but those earned runs are going to add to the to the game, not his FIP. You know what yeah, I'm saying? This, like we can still could crash think and he's a good pitcher, but the earned runs are still going to happen and they're still yeah. going to be on the scoreboard. Yeah, and, and I think part of the reason why he had such the big discrepancy is also how bad that defense was, and, and it it's worse. gotten worse. Yeah. It's gotten worse. Um, the only the only defensive upgrade they've really made is is Bryson Stop, um, and and that's about it. So, and I, I one I more thing about Castellanos is he can have the same year that he had in Great American Ballpark, Great American, um, Great American Ballpark. Yes, yeah. Is it. he can have the same season there as he will in Citizens Bank? I would say that he would not. No, I think he'll hit well. It's I think he'll hit well too. It's still a favorable place to hit, but I, yeah, I don't think he does exactly what he did. Hoskins missed a lot of time last year. He comes back, but yeah, the rotation is like I like it with those five. I think it's it's good, but who's six? <laughs> that that is that is the scary part. Uh, at least the Mets have some better contingency plans. I, I could be swayed on the under if if you feel more. It seems like you feel more strongly on the under for this one than the other two. Uh, it's not, of- it's not saying that I feel like strongly towards the under. It's just, there's no way I'm betting the over. If that what's makes our, sense. what's our podcast pick though. I would say under. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and unless they trade Alec Bohm and somebody else for another arm. Yeah. I, That's going to be polarizing you. on the Instagram. People are this not going to like that. Yeah, of course they're this but is a Dave Dombrowski the podcast and can understand, for example, also salary cap. How are they doing on salary cap? They're, they're pretty up there. Yeah, are they, they don't have the luxury money. tax to add at the deadline. I don't know. Yeah, they're they're pretty they're pretty tight on money. This is a Dave Dombrowski team. Um, He'll do I, anything. He's a character. <laughs> yeah, but you know he's kind of did his everything. You know, it's like I, they're they're limited. I, I'm okay with the under because the next team. <laughs> I, I told you I wanted to abstain from the Miami Marlins and my over under. Um, I'm obviously not going to abstain on the podcast where we talk about baseball um, from the team that I know the most about. Every year, I assume the Marlins are not going to give Lewis Brinson, Isan Diaz, Sandy Leone, and Joe Panic 1,200 plate appearances. And somehow, by the end of the year, those guys get those plate appearances and they combine for a negative 4F war and it's a disaster. And I, even the rotation, right? Like the rotation was supposed to be a strength last year. They had Sean or... Who are they? they had David Hess making starts. Uh, they had like they had some disaster guys making starts. Ross Detweiler. I was going to say Sean Dua. Ross Detweiler was making starts for the Marlins last year. Like this is a different team, but I always think that's going to be the case. And then they're not, and they end up. You know, someone gets hurt, and instead of doing something about it, they just go and sign Sandy Leone and throw him in there or something like that. That's what I'm worried about. But from a pure just like team standpoint. This is the best Marlins team, in my opinion, since since they traded everybody. Um, and I know that's not saying a lot because they've had some really atrocious teams through the years uh, since the Stanton uh, and Christian Yelich and Ozuna teams. But, I mean, this team is, is solid. Uh, and I, I think that this is another tough one to take under. I know Colby took under on not gambling advice. I don't know what you took. So I'm interested to get your thoughts before I make – my argument for, for the over uh, as a little bit of an admitted homer on this one. You know where I pegged the Marlins at this year? 
What? 79 wins. I think they go over. I think Colby's full of shit. He has no idea what he's yeah, talking you about. You got it. There you go. That's, that's No, I love Colby, and he definitely knows what he's talking about. But I think he's wrong here. I okay. think that the Marlins starting pitching wins championships, and they got it. And they yep. got it in droves. You aren't the biggest believer in Jesus Sanchez. You're not a doubter. I just, I don't think you're like the biggest believer that he's due for this crazy jump. I like him still. I still he think could. he's a good player. He and could. I think you look around the diamond and there's not a lot of weaknesses there, right? There's no gaping holes like the Brinsons or the Magnaris Sierras or the Jorge Alfaro's like, negative B war holes in lineups. There aren't those guys anymore. Brian Anderson is a guy who looks healthy. Miguel Rojas is always solid. Josh Chisholm, I don't think he's going to take a step up into star, but I think he'll take a step into emerging star. Like a guy in 2023, everyone's like, all right, this is the year he becomes the all-star. You still have Jesus Aguilar, who just continues to hit. And then you look around the outfield, there's the funny thing that they can't get a center fielder. (laughs) But like, let's see what Jesus Sanchez can do out there, because at least his bat's going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to hit home runs. So they added Jacob Stallings, who's going to do wonders for the pitching staff. You go from the worst catcher to the one of the best defensive catchers. This team also has now money to spend. Jorge Soler and Abisail Garcia don't shock anybody, but they certainly make them better. It's better this, than Magnaris Sierra. <laughs> like that's, that's the team, point. This team should win more than 76 and a half games. And I think I, they will. I'm glad you said it and not me, because those are all points I agree with. And again, I know people will be like, oh, well, they had Marte last year and they had Duvall last year. No, not really. Not really. Marte played 64 games. Duvall played 91 games. Uh, this was a team that gave – these are the guys, Peter, that had more than 100 plate appearances for the Marlins last year. Alex Jackson. I love doing this game. <laughs> Awin Diaz. Joe Panic, Brian De La Cruz was good. Sandy yeah. Leone had 220 plate appearances. Magnaris Sierra had 225 plate appearances. John Birdie, 271. Isan Diaz, 278. And Lewis Brinson, 290. Do you know what you just did? You named some of the worst players in the history of the sport. No, like, actually, I put it together. I, I searched it. I searched it. The, three of those guys are the worst players in Marlins history with a minimum of 300 plate appearances. Um, we're not exaggerating when I say some of the worst players in the history of the sport. Like negative war guys who never did anything. No. And now you're replacing that with Avi Garcia. So Lair, we saw what he did in the second half. He's been great in the spring. I'm starting to drink the Kool-Aid a little bit. A Whatever little he bit. does will be better, better than what better. we've had. That's the thing. Everything points to being better. You get another year of Trevor Rogers past his rookie year, a healthy Pablo Lopez, Elias Hernandez. You got Max Meyer coming up the cut. Jesus Cesardo, you now have a full year where he looks good. And Edward Cabrera could be that guy. There is too much that would have to go so wrong for the Marlins to start losing. Like, I think they're a lot closer to the Phillies than a lot of people think. And we didn't even mention Joey Wendell who was an all-star last year and has been a machine this spring in terms of hitting. He's going to plug in well, but I don't think we should expect any sort of all-star. No, no, of course not. But again, like that's, those were Joe panic ABs. Exactly. <laughs> now, now Joey went like that's the, the difference between Joe panic, negative two F four and Wendell, if it's a three F four is a five, one player. And that is all-star. So because of the negative that they're replacing, 
it's a huge boost. Not to spend too much time on the Marlins, but the one thing I wanted to hit, hit home on the final point, they did go out and get Cole Solcer from the Orioles. I think that really at least gives them a couple more wins because this was a team that could not close games out last year. They also got Tanner Scott who's a big swing and miss lefty. So I think that helps. But also we talked about the Phillies. What do you do if, if, if your ace gets hurt or if your number two starter gets hurt? If the Marlins have one of their arms go down, they've got three other top prospects that are big league ready that could plug in right away and some other guys that are pretty solid as well. Think about one of the most durable aces in our league. Sandy Alcantara, that yep. dude is built out of stone. Yep. He's going to throw you 200 innings. No doubt. He might be the only player to do it next year while averaging the highest velocity on his fastball out of anybody in the sport. He is a horse per inning per on a per inning basis. You may go Trevor Rogers, but 200 innings of a three, four ERA 200 near 200 strikeouts, just a dog. Like he's not getting hurt. If there's one player I know who's not getting hurt, Sadie Alcantara. A hundred percent and knock on wood, but I agree. Knock on wood, of course. Line up better, bench better, rotation better, bullpen better. Jeter gone. Jeter gone. Let Kim Ang cook. This team is better. This team is better. So we take the over on 76 and a half. I'm taking the over. I'm I'm actually betting on it too. I'm betting betting on it. it. I'm betting on it. I think it's going to hit. I like it. Let's go, Peter. Let's You're go. You're a Marlins fan this year. I'm in. I'm in. I am. We don't need to spend too much time on these guys because I think I think it's a pretty easy under. Washington Nationals. Um, they got Nelson Cruz. They have a pretty terrible farm system still somehow. Um, we talked about how Juan Soto is not going to get pitched to. I think they're going to trade any decent asset they have by midseason, by the deadline, which means it's going to be really ugly down the stretch. With how good this division is, I don't see them breaking 71 and a half wins. I don't, but I think it's going to be really close. Like, yeah. I don't think it's an A's under, right? They aren't, they aren't good. And it's going to be a struggle to win 70 games, but I, I put them at 68 wins. So okay. I would go under and I'm fine going under, but I don't really want to bet on this one. Weirdly. I don't Can I entice you. Yes, of course. Listen to this rotation. Patrick Corbin, Josiah Gray, Anibal Sanchez, Eric Fetty, who will pitch against the Marlins, and Joan Adon, who that's the guy Griff, Griffin took deep the other day. <laughs> and then the lineup, Cesar Hernandez, Juan Soto, Nelson Cruz, Josh Bell, Kiebert Ruiz, Lane Thomas, Alcides Escobar, Michael Franco is projected to start at third base, your boy, and then Victor Robles. Uh how can I take an under on a team with Michael Franco, a.k.a. the next great third baseman? I agree. And Eric Fetty is a guaranteed win every time they face the Marlins. Um, I, I, I think this team is going to be absolutely atrocious. I agree. They're not going to be any good because their bullpen sucks, too. I just I I just don't want to put the same sort of like, yes, spend all your money on the A's under like no. we did the Nationals. That's my no. only thing. I still but go under. under. I still go under. We go under. All right. Go under. On to the Central. On the central. Picking up the pace a little bit here. Milwaukee Brewers, 89 and a half. I'll just leave this to you because I'm sure you spent a lot of time talking about them and thinking about them. 
the Milwaukee Brewers are one of my best bets to go over 89 and a half wins. I wrote an article on JustBaseball.com detailing my five best bets, and the Brewers made it. This is not a team that is six games worse than last year. I could argue that on paper, they are a better roster than they were last year. Mm-hmm. Losing Avisel Garcia sucks. Losing Eduardo Escobar sucks. And their offense is a little bit worse, but we are expecting a bounce back from Christian Yelich. The rotation is otherworldly phenomenal. You have Corbin Burns, best pitcher in baseball, or at least one of them. Brandon Woodruff, top 10 pitcher. Freddie Peralta, top 15 pitcher. Eric Lauer, Adrian Hauser, Aaron Ashby, is going to be awesome. They have the best reliever in baseball in Josh Hader. They have one of the best relievers in Devin Williams. And then they have a great bullpen to to just follow those guys in suit. They added Andrew McCutcheon, who's going to be a good player for them. They've added enough on offense with Hunter Renfro mm-hmm. that they're not going to be anemic. They won 95 games last year in, I think, the worst division. And I only think it got a little bit worse. If not, you know, it definitely didn't get better. It stayed the same or got worse. I 89 and a half is far too low. I had them pecked in 94 wins. For example, like that's a great, that's a great one to talk about the Braves. Remember, I see the Braves not winning as many regular season games as the Brewers, but I think the Braves are a better team than the Brewers. But I had the Brewers still nabbed in 94 wins next year. Yeah. No, I'm with you. You have a three-headed monster at the top that's going to give you a chance to win 60% of the time. Like you have an advantage, I would say almost. Um, and then Hauser, Lauer, and some of the other guys we're talking about just are really still solid and Ashby as well. I like the addition of Hunter Renfro. I think he helps them. And you know, who's had a good spring pride of the West coast, pride of California, Keston Hira. Oh, was it UC I Davis? Love. No, UC Keston Davis? Hira was UC Irvine. So UC the reason Irvine. I know, Kurt, uh, the reason I have known Keston Hero for a very long time, he took my friend Dustin Devon, we've talked about on the podcast before, took him deep center field twice in high school. When we watched that bat, that bat sounded different. Then he went to UCI and he raked. Then he got picked up and he was really good initially. And you know, his mom was diagnosed with cancer last year. And last I checked, she's doing well. I oh, really hope I'm good. not wrong on that. But last I checked, it looked like things were getting better. I good. think that took a chunk out of him oh, last of year. Of course, baseball I think suddenly he, doesn't matter at all. At all. So <laughs> who gives a shit at that point? You know, like, I mean, that is that is a good point. Like, And again, you never know what guys are going through off the field. And uh, you know what, Pete? He's had a great spring. Um, he's hitting 400 with four pumps in 30 plate appearances. So uh, most importantly off the field, hope Kesson here is, you know, mother is getting better and everything's going well there, but it seems like he's doing well on the field. That's a big boost at first base. That is a big boost uh, to platoon with Rowdy Telez. You could put Hira in more specific situations. He's still just 25. And the good thing is I just looked it up. Like she is in remission. So it's amazing. Oh, hell yeah. Let's She's go. Congratulations to Miss Hira for being in, in remission, the Hira family. That is awesome. So how about... What better way to celebrate than 30 pumps this year, Keston Hira? Let's do it. So we like the over. over. We're like, we like the over. We love the over. I'm betting on it. That's awesome. So yeah, I mean, he's, he's, and they don't even need him to be productive. And if he is, that's a huge bonus. bonus. Uh, This division's win totals, dude, are super low. Cause the next highest St. Louis Cardinals at 84 and a half. Uh, The pitching terrifies me. Absolutely terrifies me. But I mean, this lineup is so good and uh, they can defend the hell out of the baseball. How do you feel about St. Louis at 84 and a half? I have them at 83 wins. Oh, you said you weren't doing it again. Well, 
that I, I would go with under like okay. 84 and a half. It's not like I have 84, right? Like, or 85, like right on it. Like I'm 83. So they would okay. have to win 85 games for that to go over. Like, I think it's going to be close. Another one that I'm not betting on. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Cardinals are better than they are, but I'm terrified of the pitching. You have a 40 year old Wainwright. Like he could just be Adam Wainwright again and, and shock the world and, and defy mother nature again. And, you know, be Tom Brady. Maybe he will be, but or he could have a midlife crisis out there, but, but science and just yeah. common being yeah, a human yeah. would expect some regression. I'm not, and the, but that's like a horrible thing to say to Cardinals fans. It's like, I don't think a 40 year old Adam Wainwright is going to be elite again. I'm sorry. No. I think he's going to be good. I don't think he's going to be amazing. Like he was last year, Jack Flaherty. I freaking love the dude. We faced him again. Another guy we faced in high school, faced him at Harvard Westlake, thought he was the greatest athlete I've ever seen on a baseball field before. He's playing shortstop pitcher, unbelievable, raking, like everything you'd want from a baseball player. He's fast too. Jack Flaherty had it. And then he came up and he becomes an ace for the Cardinals. Yeah. But again, injury concern. Not available. And then you have a guy like Steven Matz. His whole career has been injury concerns. Miles Michaelis. What hurt. do you think the designation is there? He's hurt. hurt. Dakota, Dakota Hudson, hurt not Dakota. a lot of experience. People, the whole rotation has the injury bug. Not, except Adam Wainwright. Yeah, the <laughs> only guy that doesn't have the injury bug is, is a grandfather. Like, it, it's it's just nuts. Uh, and Alex Reyes dealing with Look injury. at the bullpen and tell me you're confident in all of those arms. Because I like them, but there are questions throughout the bullpen, too. Jordan Hicks injuries. I, I like it. There's, there's a lot of concern here. I don't think the pitching holds up very well. They could go make a trade. And he, and honestly, Matthew Libertor, I don't love what I've seen from him this spring. And that could be a guy that could really help them. I still think he can help them, but it's not like he's going to step in here and be lights out either. I think he's going to be like Reed Detmers last year, which is struggle, you know, and, and not really be that great. And, and how do you like Nolan Gorman? He's not helping them this year. I think Gorman long-term can figure it out, but he's not helping them this year. Because the, so the word is that he's totally ready. Like you go to Cardinals Twitter and it's like, he should be the starting pitcher. That's how good he is. <laughs> he should, like, should yeah. Otani then. Yeah, yeah, he should Otani. Like Edmundo Sosa and Paul DeYoung, we saw what Paul DeYoung did last year. Will he bounce back? Maybe. And like, will Edmundo Sosa take a step up? Maybe. We know that Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado are going to rake. But then again, they're also another year older. Like Goldschmidt's going at age 34, Arenado. 31 like the Tyler O'Neill, we love but like is Tommy Edmond gonna take that next step up as a hitter is is Harrison Bader gonna take a next step up as a hitter I don't know it, it, the numbers wouldn't exactly point to oh yeah of course they will so I lean under even though it sounds blasphemous because it's the St. Louis Cardinals the yeah. second best baseball team of all time next to the Yankees if we're talking just historically like the St. Louis Cardinals are second in championships. They're the St. Louis Cardinals. Like they are, no, they are the they're, team. They're a winning franchise, and that's why they won't be bad. Um, and and no, the lineup and the defense will allow them to be good. Dude, I saw Yachty on the backfields. I mean, maybe he's still just getting back into it, but who he looked 40 years old. Um, like they and won 17 games in a row and were 500 at that point. Yeah. And Andrew Neiser, kind how is that how you say it? Neiser uh, is the backup heard, catcher. I don't know who that is. Negative one F4 last year. So if Yachty goes down, they have Yvonne Herrera. I don't think he's ready. Like, it, there's there's a lot to sort out there. I like the under on the Cardinals. I convinced you, didn't I? Because I think you were I think you were a little you were like, of course we have to go over. I think it. I, I think it's low. 
but for like a reason. I'm with like I I'm very open to the idea of them struggling mightily. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if they were 81 and 81 next year. Yeah. Because think uh, about it, are they gonna buy at the deadline? Like let's say they're sort of close. Are they gonna make the big trade and Katie Wu says signing? no? Katie Wu says no of the athletic, you know, when she came on here. So I don't know. What about the Cubs? 75 and a half. <laughs> I think I'm just more down on the Cubs still because I had them at 72 wins. And when I wrote down 72, I was like, that's are disrespectful. The do they Their over under is going to be way higher. And this is going to be my idiot pick. And then I said 70 was 75 and a half, 75 and a half. And I thought to myself, you know what? Maybe it's just, they're not as good. Right. They're they're just they're a couple of years away. It's not like the Cubs are like this bad franchise and have no shot. They have plenty of shot in 2024, 2023. Mm-hmm. I don't think this is the year. I still think a lot of their emerging guys like a Brennan Davis is not fully there yet. I don't believe that Frank Schwindel and Patrick Wisdom, what they put together is like what we're going to see moving forward. Rafael Ortega. Like Nico Horner, like Nick Madrigal. Ian Happ. Ian Happ. Like these are not Jason Hayward. Did you see Kyle Hendricks? So I, Kyle by the Hendricks, way, yeah. Like the, highly recommend this account on Twitter. It's called Barrel Alert. And mm-hmm. anytime a ball is barreled, it, it'll it'll be like, oh, this guy barreled a baseball, this velo, this was the outcome off of this guy. Kyle Hendricks took up my whole feed. Dude gave up like nine barrels in two innings and he's a barrel alert regular at this point. He's like your number two. Uh, Justin Steele hasn't looked great. Obviously Stroman's going to be good. We've talked about this. I mean, you need Drew Smiley to be healthy and be a dude for you. Like badly. That might be your three because Alec Mills stinks. You're hoping Adbert Alzali will come back and be okay. Uh, And, and Wade Miley now is, is gone down with, with elbow inflammation and, we weren't really excited about him. So I, I was this, excited to watch like Wade Miley carve during a Wrigley day game. I really yes. was like, I yeah. just felt and, like and that would be still, the, yeah. maybe he'll still do that. But like you're, you're one of your best players is say Suzuki. Who's going to go through some rookie pains. I mean, it's, it's got to happen. He's going to have some ups and downs. He's going to have a good season. We think, but there will be some points where he's not leading the lineup into the promised land. I, I think this team's real like, I, we, we talked about this in the past when we went through offseason grades. What's their strength? They don't have one. Um, I don't see them winning 76 games. I just don't see it happening. Me neither. Cool. So we're going under. Under. Cincinnati Reds. They've made a lot of trades, which cut costs and sent out some productive players. Understandably so. Reds fans aren't happy. Um, that includes Jesse Winker heading out and Eugenio Suarez, who I don't think fans lost sleep over. Uh, but th- th- there's a quite a few dudes. Tucker Barnhart went out of town. Uh, then they also decided to trade Sonny Gray. I still think this team wins more than 74 games, Peter. I'm on the same boat as you. Bang! When you have Luis Castillo, when you have Tyler Molly, they still have guys. And what you're also going to get this year is Nick Lodolo and Hunter Green. Yep. And I think could they at the deadline be like weirdly strategic buyers? Like that's how I feel like the Reds could weirdly get fans back in the mojo. Like 
get a bullpen piece at the trade deadline or like get a bat because the pitching will be there. I really do think that it will be there. Yeah. Like I think the Reds finish above the Cubs. And I want to say that quietly because that's a really hot take. And I think they do. I don't, and it's crazy, like, because to me, I don't even think it's a hot take, but I, I understand how that it would be perceived that way. I I like the the quiet additions they've made to the bullpen. I think addition by subtraction with Amir Garrett, who they, like, had to pitch in the meantime. Um, I, I like the rotation. I think Hunter Green is going to struggle. But, again, like, this is a guy that's going to be, like, their three or four. Donovan Solano. Struggle. He's going to struggle for Hunter Green expectations. Yeah, be, not like, like a, be a five ERA guy. Yeah, he'll be a low fours guy yeah. that gives up homers, but he'll have starts where he's K's 10. Yeah. Um, and, and he could put it together in the second half. Jose Barrero, I really think, puts it together this year. Uh, Donovan Solano was a huge, huge, huge addition. We signed him to the Reds uh, in, our, in our GM episode. He crushes lefties. They needed that. Oh, yeah. They have the reigning rookie of the year I was to say defending as if you can like win it again. No one's ever won the rookie of the year, two years in a row. They've never defended their title. Uh, Jonathan India, the reigning rookie of the year, who is going to be fantastic. Joey Votto, as we always say, still bangs Tyler Stevenson's 25. I think we all think he's going to really put it together. Tommy Pham is a good addition. Uh, I think he's going to bounce back. This is still a solid team in what is a relatively weak division who can pitch. Jake Fraley also is not a slouch either to be added in there to, to make up for some of what they gave up. He's going to single-handedly win games when he frames the ball. Like when, just, just remember that now. When he robs a home run. Reds fans, Jake Fraley will save a game this year. With a robbed give him home a run. point of war from that game because he's going to do it. <laughs> so I, I'm in. I'm in on the over. I had them pegged at around 77 wins. Okay. So we're, we're both over on the Reds. Brandon Williamson will get up there and help them as well. Uh, I really think he will. And Lodolo could end up being like if Lodolo out of the gate could be a top. He could win 30. the rookie of the year. Yeah. He could be a top 30 starter in baseball. Now we're looking at a totally. He could give team. you the same year. Trevor Rogers gave the Marlins last year. Easily health dependent. Absolutely. I yep. think that's totally fair. And I, I actually think that that's what he could do for them. How about the pirates at 65 and a half wins. This is a rebuilding team, but some of those pieces are starting to come you know, get closer to the big leagues. Diego Castillo made the squad, which I love because Castillo was phenomenal last year. Should give them some offense. Brian Hayes out with a, with an ankle sprain, but is presumably healthy uh, to be able to actually play this season. They added Dan Vogelback. Brian Reynolds is, is a star. Uh, they added Zach Thompson, which gives them some pitching depth. They did subtract Jacob Stallings, uh, but they added Roberto Perez to offset that. I don't think this team's good. Obviously, it's not a good team, but I don't think it's a hundred loss bad team. And 65 and a half wins, I think they could beat it. Do you think there's six wins better than last year? Or five, excuse me. So this is one of those just this team can't be worse situations for me. Um, six wins better though. I think it's a fair question. Full season of Cabrian or close to it. O'Neill Cruz is a game changer to me, Pete. I think O'Neill Cruz is going to be again. I know he's in AAA right now, but he's going to be up there relatively soon. I love the addition of Zach Thompson for them. I actually think that guy can pitch. Uh, they can't be worse rotationally with Quintana, Mitch Keller, Bryce Wilson, and JT Brubaker. Is that how you say it? Brubaker? I love that Diego Castillo made the team. This is a better team. It's more balanced. They still stink. Don't get me wrong. But when you came and visited me in Florida last year, and we were talking about the Pirates. We're like, do they win like 20 games this year? Like, this is the one of the worst teams we've ever seen. 
This team is far and away better than that. So, yes, I guess to answer your question, I think they're six games better. I really do. I'm willing to take that. I mean, I'm not going to bet on the Pirates. No, no, I'm not betting on the <laughs> I, I think that's fine if they go over. I'm not – there was nothing pulling me away. When I, when I put my win total on the Pirates, I had them at 64. So, I thought they were three games better than last year. And they could be five, six games better than last year. I think they'll be around this number, though. They just have more competitive dudes. Like even the, the the flyer guys off the bench of like Michael Chavis. Like I'd rather see Michael Chavis out there than like who they were rolling out last year. Some of the like guys me. are just, yeah, like legit, you. just like legit you and I. So I, I think they're better. I think they squeeze it out. I am not going to be rooting for the Pirates to win 67 games I'm just, or 66 games. I'm not, I'm not spending my time doing that. Uh, to the possibly best division out there or arguably one of. I, I know how you feel about the Dodgers. We don't need to spend too much time on the Dodgers, but we, we could get your whole, your whole low down on this. And, and you got to do some bad things. If the Dodgers don't win 97, 98 games. After I move, after I talk about my Dodgers rent, let's just go straight to the giants because this is my best bet of the year. This is my best bet of the year. I've been on record. I will bleach my hair. If the Dodgers don't win over 96 and a half games, the line has now moved to 98 and a half. And I would still take it up to a hundred and a half. This team won 106 games last year. Their lineup as constructed right now has the same WRC plus projected as what the New York Yankees did in 1927 with Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig. And I keep using that point on every single podcast because that point blows my freaking (laughs) mind. It's the 1927 Yankees, the greatest team of all time you look at the rotation they got the two-headed monster at the top the bullpen with Kimbrel. this team is unfreaking believable i have two units on the over 96 and a half and then i bet it again i put another unit on over 97 and a half and if you said peter take your bets away would you bet 98 and a half like i said i'd bet it up to 100 and a half this team is my World Series pick. This team is the best team in baseball. And I am so far over 97 and a half, 98 and a half, 96 and a half, 99. I don't care. They're winning 100 games this year. And we have to go over or we don't know what we're talking about. They're going over. They've got so many dudes too. And they've got some dudes knocking on the door. Um, so uh, yeah, to, to wrap up there, very excited on the prospect side. Ryan Pepiot, by the time people are listening to this, will have made his uh, season debut for the AAA ball club. Uh, hopefully it was good. Pepiot could end up being a, a lights out arm for them as well. And they've just got just, just a wealth of arms and a wealth of wealth. Uh, so it's, it's just ridiculous. I'm with you. I would take them over just about any reasonable total. And that is a very reasonable total. San Diego. I, they're a polarizing team. Naturally. Fernando Tatis is out. They went out and got Sean Manaya. They've gone out and gotten some other guys. They went out and got Luke Voigt. We, we, we've talked about how they had a, a pretty darn good offseason. 90, 90 and a half wins. 91 wins. That's a lot of games. What are we thinking here? You say 91 wins? Yeah, I have them pegged at 90 and a half here. Doesn't that sound insane? Yeah. Like, I wanted you, like, of course it's going under. I thought you, I thought I made a mistake or something. No, no, I'm I, like, just like, I'm document. just like, of course it's going under Padres. Yeah. You, you got to prove it. The Padres have to prove yeah. it. The giants have proved it. The Padres have a litany of starting pitchers and that's why they will be a good team regardless if they never hit because they have starting pitching depth. And when you have starting pitching depth, you can win more regular season games than not. This team will be better than 500. 
I still believe they're going to finish third. The Padres will go under their total. This is my favorite under in the National League. The Padres going under. You lose Tatis for three months. He hit 42 home runs last year for your team. Yeah. This offense is not that good. I'm sorry. It's not that good. It's, I, have them, I have them pegged at 85 wins. Yeah, it's where I have them too. I, I think 85, 86. I think they're a good team. They're going to make the playoffs, I think, through the expansion. You know, I think they're going to get their weasel their way in there. Um, I think they'll finish strong and 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 hang in. But, yeah, 91 wins is way too much. I think way the rotation – people don't give the rotation enough love. I'll be honest, that rotation is now really freaking good. It's amazing. Uh, but, yeah, too much to figure out there. Uh, still a lot of dead weight with players too, uh, with Will Myers and uh, what, what are they going to do with Hosmer? What are they going to do with some of these guys? Is Trent Christian going to bounce back? There's a lot of questions there. Uh, and not to mention the health of some of the guys in their rotation. Uh, we'll see how the bullpen looks. I think Mark Melanson, I think they're going to feel that one more than they think, even though they did make some good moves for their bullpen. I, I, I like the under. I'm with you. Under? This is one. <laughs> I know how you feel and you know how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> San Francisco Giants, 85 and a half wins. I really am worried about all of the guys that they've lost and the age of their guys and also Joey Bart starting a catcher. Uh, and we've talked about this. We don't need to spend too much time rehashing it. I can be sw- persuaded to go over as a podcast just because they that's a lot of losses to, to add after last year, right? This team is not that much worse. I think they're going to be worse than last year. But if we take a step back, forget about that for a second. Look at this team as constructed right now. That team can win 86 games. And they'll probably win 90. Over. So, over. Think about this. Do you think the Giants or the Padres end up with more wins this season? We're, you know, we're right up to the season. Like, this is it. You got to make the pick now. Because I'm Giants finished second for sure. So my, my pick, my pick personally is the Padres, mm-hmm. um, but not with this like burning conviction, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, but yeah, the pot. I, I think the Padres rotation holds up, and I, I, I do think that the lineup is going to kind of put it together, and I think that they still have another move up their sleeve. But would I be surprised if the Giants overtook them? Of course not. I, I just, I just don't know if if the Giants have it in them. I, I'm a little bit worried. I do see the Giants potentially fading and being in the 82 to 84 range. I almost am sure that the Padres will win 86 games. I don't think they're going to win 91. I'm almost sure they're going to win 86. And I don't know if I feel that confident about San Francisco doing that, but I could take it because I know you guys really like them and I know you really like them and I don't hate them. So I could go over on the, on the Giants. And, and the reason we're kind of going shorter with this Giants segment is because we've had these debates. So I hope so you go much. back and listen to some of our other podcast episodes because we've had the Giants debate basically the entire off season of what yes. we think, because they are so tough to project. They won 107 games Last year, after a 2020 season, 2019 season of not much, then they won 107 games and were unfreaking believable. They didn't, they lost Chris a half season and Chris Bryant, of course. They lost Buster Posey. Like losing Buster Posey, I take away 10 wins immediately. Like 97 oh. is the absolute max because fuck F war, it's 10 yeah, wins. It's, it's <laughs> a war player, especially last year, too. And moving to Joey Bart, like that you're losing 10 wins there. Besides that, I think the rotation is just as good as last year. I think Rodon is going to give you very similar type production to uh, 
Kevin Gosman, if he stays healthy, like on a perning basis, I think Alex Cobb was a phenomenal pickup. Alex Wood is again going to shove, and Descalfani is again going to shove, and Logan yeah. Webb could win the Cy Young. They totally. have Camilo Doval. They have Jake McGee. They have Rodgers. They have Dominic Leone. They have so many bullpen pieces. So they're going to win all the one-run games because of the defense, and then all they have to do is piece together a couple of runs here and there. Brandon Crawford is still going to rake. Brandon Belt is still going to rake. Darren Ruff is still going to hit in spots. Like they have all the platoon bats. This this is going to go over eighty five and a half. I promise. <laughs> I, you you made me feel better about it, definitely. And um, uh, I think the bullpen really helps to shorten those games. That's and the thing. Like that the bullpen is so freaking good. If not the Braves or the Rays, like they have the best bullpen. Like it's again, and then starting pitching. You know, they're just they are the Giants. They're the Rays of the NL. And they're going to win a bunch of games again. And they have another arm that I think is going to jump into the bullpen pretty, pretty quickly, uh, maybe at some point this season and is so good that he might end up taking their bullpen to the next level. This guy, RJ Dabovich is disgusting. Mm -hmm. He was drafted as a reliever fourth round guy in 2020. And oh my gosh, Peter, like insane lights out swing and miss guy could end up helping them. Like they just spawn dudes like that. So yeah, I mean, I could easily see it happening. I know we talked about not being that passionate about bad teams overs, but this is my best bet, Peter. Really? This is my best freaking bet. Colorado Rockies over 68 and a half wins. Colorado Rockies are winning 69 fucking ball games. And this team, like, I know it's a troll job. It's partially a troll job right now, but I'm not kidding. I'm taking the over. I'm betting it. And they're winning more than they won 74 games last year with their joke of a team. They added legitimate players to their ball club. And here's the thing. The Rockies will always be good at home. They went 48 and 33 at home last year with their joke of a team, 26 and 54 on the road. There's no way they're 26 and 54 on the road again this year. And I think they can hang around 15 games over 500 at home because they're it's like aliens playing against us on the moon or on Mars. Like it's just a different world and they have an advantage to it it's their territory and they win i love 68 and a half wins i love 69 i love it i love how you said that because guess what they made my top five teams who are going to hit their over call the rockies at 68 and a half wins that is disrespectful i can make fun of them all i want we can make fun of dick monfort and whatever the fuck owns the rockies but this is a better team than 69, eight, 69 wins. This is a 75-win team. This could be a 76-win team. They're going to take wins away from those San Diego Padres. This is a much better team. You can read the article if you want to hear our full thoughts, too, because we got to move on to the last place team because we still have more to talk about in this episode. Rockies over, over, over. I'm betting on it. Like two units, like. I Rockies. Love it. I love it. And Brandon Rogers, big That's year. A broken line. It is because they're like, oh, story left and John Gray left. Uh, Brandon Rogers broken is going to explode this year. Grichuk Gray to acquisition. Chris Bryant could be a star times the MVP. Two. Yeah, literally. And then the rotation still fine. So we're in on that one. Uh, yeah. Not in on, on the Diamondbacks winning 67. I, I don't like it at all. They lost 140 games last year. Uh, they're not that much better this year, if if at all. What are your thoughts? 52 and 110 last year. Like, I know we said they lost 140 games. Like, they kind of did. I was kind of close. No, but I think it's important to quantify that. Like, they won 52 games last year. At a, in a 162-game season, they're 15 wins better? Nope. 
under, 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 okay. under. Yeah, they they suck, and they didn't do much. I'm do Lanson will be traded. Traded. And- Ian Kennedy traded. Yeah, I'm 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 out on them. So we're we're pretty we're pretty solid on that under. What before we go on to this last segment to talk a little bit about baseball cards, which you know it's right up my alley uh, with our friends at Loop. Which are your two best bets? I'm guessing by your because I speak fluent Peter Apple, uh, Colorado Rockies and Dodgers are your two best bets, and the Brewers are my other to go over. But like your best three. bet, you got to pick two. You got to pick two, and that's it. Just out of curiosity. Dodgers and Rockies, because yeah. I love the Brewers over. I really do. But that Rockies line is broken, and the Dodgers are the greatest team ever. So if I had to cut one, it's the Brewers, but I still love the Brewers, and I already bet on it, so I still really like the Brewers. But if you if you made me pick two, Dodgers and Rockies. Love it. Which I'm, is a I'm, crazy I'm, sentence to say. I'm like, totally, <laughs> yeah, it actually is. And out of context, people like, would be I like, love the Rockies. <laughs> out of context, that statement alone, people would be like, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, so this is the last segment here. I, I'm really excited about this. So it's going to be a little bit more like I, we were talking about transitions. Generally, it's going to be a smooth transition into talking about baseball cards. But we're really excited to be working with Loop. And, and Loop, the app, is a really, really cool uh, sports card breaking company where you're basically able to go onto the app and there's live feeds, live streams at all times of like different vendors that have a full inventory listed out. You buy it with Apple Pay and they rip the cards. Obviously, we're going to be focusing on, on baseball cards. They rip the cards and they send them to you. It, you make your account. They are able to get your info. Literally, you watch them in real time, open the cards, see what you get, and they ship them to you. So if you don't have a baseball card shop near you or, or you don't have you know access to, to go or it's after hours, like I was doing it during COVID. That's how I got introduced to Loop before even we were doing just baseball and we ever thought we'd partner with them. It was like 11 o'clock. I was bored. I'm like sitting there. I'm like, I'm going to go just spend some money on baseball cards. And I ripped open some packs and I pulled like a McKenzie Gore, which ended up being bad and then good again, hopefully. (laughs) And like stuff like that. So I'm really excited to talk about it. We're going to have like a segment. It's not just going to be straight ad read of like, check out loop. We're going to be actually talking about what we pulled, what we're collecting and encourage you to join us on some of the rips that we're doing and some of the cards that we're chasing. I've been collecting cards forever you, I am trying to get you into it and you're starting to get into it. And I know now this is going to get you into it as well. Um, I know you've got your Clark Schmidt PSA nine somewhere, <laughs> but is that, is that Clark Schmidt? Oh yeah. The greatest pitcher to ever don pinstripes Clark Schmidt. So I- I'm really excited about the stuff we're going to do with loop this year. One of the really cool things is, is you can kind of just go and look and see, you know, I'm specifically always, and we'll help you with this. You could always message me and ask me, you know, what should I buy if I want this player or that player? And the fun of it is like you open the 2022 tops, which, which just came out. What's everybody hunting Peter in 2022 tops. What do you think? What rookie card is everybody? You're, you're not even a card expert. What are they hunting? I could imagine it's Bobby Wood Jr. Julio Rodriguez, or is it, is, or is it more 2022, like the draft? The rookies. So these are just big league rookies from last year. Who, who, who's everybody hunting? You think? Big league rookies from last year. You're going to be pissed when I tell you. Am I being an idiot? I mean, yes. Jonathan India, of course. Here, I have I have my card next to me, actually. This guy, Wander Franco. Oh, duh. I'm such an duh. idiot. So everybody's going after them super hard. And 
I, I didn't know how to approach it. I was like, okay, I could just go buy his cards, but I was like, you know, I want to roll the dice because that, for example, and this is something that they really do a good job of like getting it out to everybody. So all of their vendors have the latest baseball releases. The prospect stuff's going to be out soon too. And that's what I'll be really nerding out about, but 2022 tops, I'm going to give you five names because we're going to buy a spot in a break. Uh, we're going to, we're going to rip open some packs and I want to see if you end up, you're going to end up pulling something better than me. Cause it never, it never fails. Like that's, what's going to happen. Wait, Arm, before we, before we just move on to that is, is loop because from what it felt like to me, it was like your neighborhood card shop meets Twitch in a way. <laughs> That like it's that yes. type of video. Yes. Like you can hop on and find any stream that you want, any card break, a bunch of different types of boxes, like different creators are all doing it. But then that it's is, like the physical box break where they're sending it straight to you. And it's super easy that like, it's just like going to your local card shop and picking out the cards that you want. That is, did they tell you that? No, I just, I, when I went on, I was like, this is how it feels like to me. Cause it you feels twitched, awesome. You talked to, we talked to loop today and you twitched today and you just made that galaxy brain. Literally. Brain. I mean, I was, on, actually loop. I was exactly, on Twitch today. I'm like, it's, it's, it's Twitch with your local card shop. It's perfect. That's exactly what it is. Like there's an active chat and like yeah. they do giveaways in there and stuff like that. And so, yeah, I, that is a really, really good, they might, they might, we might have to, we might have to charge them for that. Like, hey, we just got you your new slogan. Um, but no, that, that is a good way of describing it. So the 2022 set is like what we're going to be ripping and, and we're going to live stream some of it too and invite people to come in and we'll have some more details on that soon. But I just wanted to wrap up with this loop segment to kind of introduce what we're going to be doing, how we're going to be talking about what we're collecting, similar to the way we've been doing it with some of the TikToks that I'm investing in. But this is also now like, this is what I'm chasing. This is what we're ripping. And this is what we pulled. Um, and they have some crazy autographs in this 2022 set that I know Loop really does a good job of getting the uh, product to all of their sellers. For this coming or this past rookie class in 2021, it's the 2022 set, but it's all the rookies from 2021. Outside of Wander Franco, I'm just curious, who would you prefer to have? And I'm going to give you three names here. Alex Kirilov, Gibrian Hayes, or Jared Kelnick, or Josh Lowe. Those four names. That is hard. Because I love doing oh, this okay. because you don't know the price. Everybody else would let the price sway them. Sometimes the yeah. price doesn't actually reflect, I think, who's the most valuable. So these guys all have 1987 tops baseball autographed cards in the set like it's the style 1987 style they all have autographs in there who would you rather have out of that group here's my thinking who has the highest floor i think that's Brian hayes because regardless of if he hits or not he is going to be an elite defensive third baseman yeah. jared yeah. kelnick's bat has to work because he's not a great defensive outfielder alex kirloff same has thing. to work you know i would go Brian hayes there uh, I'm with you. I like you, Brian. And, and well, you know, it just, he hasn't even played at the, yeah, I just, I, you know, know, this is the list. The last thing I'll get into here. This is the list of the base rookies in this set. Anthony Bender has a card. How much are you going to be going after Anthony Bender? Not as much as others. <laughs> Who's others. I don't think anyone's going after Anthony Bender. Uh, Vidal Brujan for some reasons in there, which I think is really funny, but how about this last hypothetical for you? You could go Aaron Ashby. You could go Zach Pop, <laughs> Brandon Marsh, 
or Reed Detmers? Ooh, say the eliminate Zach Pop for a second and say <laughs> the last three. <laughs> like, come on. Brandon Marsh. Okay. Aaron Ashby. Jaron Duran. Or Reed Detmers. I'll even throw in Gavin Sheets. I'm throwing it right back at you. Gavin Sheets. <laughs> yeah, no, you could keep him. What I'm really deciding between, oh, God, Brendan Marsh or Reed Detmers. I'm so excited about both those guys. Me too. And both on the same There's team. There's no wrong answer. I'm just going to take the bat because the bat is more and, likely to and pan they're more out when they're, and, when, and they're more valuable. And then when it's that close, I'll take the bat. But I love, like, <laughs> I love Reed Detmers too. Like, no wrong answer. So you know why I did that hypothetical with you? Is I can't decide a lot of times, like, who I want to hunt. Like, I'll hunt the prospects. But when it comes to the big league guys, I'm like, I kind of just want to roll the dice. Like, you just buy the packs now on loop, and then you'll just see what you pull <laughs> and decide from there. You might get you're both. a card collector. That's better for you, right? Yeah. So, you know, like the cards I really want, I'm going to go buy those because it's it's like you're rolling. The, but when I don't have a strong pull and I just want to have fun and, and just go through the players and get excited for the season, like this is the best way to do it. You just roll the dice and see what you pull. You might freaking pull an Otani auto. Like you never know. But that that's the fun part about it. So we're going to be talking about the cards a little bit more. We're going to be talking about what we're doing uh, on the loop app, uh, which I highly encourage you to download. And we're going to turn Peter into a card collector. Uh, that is the goal here uh, with, with our friends at loop. Uh, we're going to rip pretty soon and, and open some stuff, but to wrap up on the whole episode, any thoughts on the over unders that, you know, maybe we are a little bit more unsure on, like, do you have any, anything that you want to rehash to make sure we don't get yelled at. The Cardinals one is going to be the most polarizing. Yes. I, I Because the Cardinals saying they're going under 84 and a half is almost like a criminal thing to do for the history of baseball, if that makes sense. Like the Cardinals taking their under seems ridiculous. Yeah. But I wouldn't bet they're over. I still wouldn't. And you could bet they're over and maybe it'll hit. And I hope whoever's the same makes money. If it's a Cardinals fan listening saying Peter's such an idiot. He has no idea what he's talking about. Cardinals are going way over. I'm interested to see how the bet goes. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. I'm interested to see how the bet goes. And I'm not going to bet on it because it's very polarizing of a pick. But I'm just, I'll be more surprised if the Cardinals are closer to 90 wins than they are closer to 80 wins. I'd be very happy to see Miles Michaelis, Daniel Hudson, and those guys throw well. And it's possible. I just wouldn't bet on it. And I think I that's kind of what it, what it goes down to. Uh, but that'll do it for this episode. We have a lot going on for opening day. Did we it's give away? Gambling advice, merch. Look at that. Yeah, you, you got the plugs. You and I are going to be on opening day at MLB's HQ. Uh, MLB's HQ humble baby. brag. Very excited about that. Very grateful for MLB inviting us for that. That's going to be really cool. We'll have some TikToks and, and live stuff from there, uh, whatever they let us do, which I think they're going to encourage a lot. So we're going to be doing a lot of things from there. Uh, but anything else, we got to plug, Pete, as we wrap up. Follow us on Twitter, people, at Just BB Media. Follow us on TikTok and Instagram at Just Baseball Fans. Get your Just Baseball merch episode or episode. Link to the merch is in the episode description. I always mess that up. 
That's all I got. We're going to have more information about Chalkboard. We're going to be putting a lot of our deeper analysis in Chalkboard. It's an app similar to Discord, but more geared towards the sports market. It's going to be freaking awesome. It's almost going to be a deeper extension of JustBaseball.com. We'll have more information about that as well. Basically, that's all we got. So I kind of want to say the magic words, Arm, unless you got anything to say. And with that, thank you, everybody. 